You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. with Him and seeking to please Him become our all-consuming focus. He becomes everything to us, and meeting with Him is not an activity reserved only for Sunday mornings. We live to fellowship with Him. This is why we were created. This is why you were called into His presence. This is why you were called to fellowship with Him. We live to walk with Him. Living like Jesus should be a huge focus in your life. He died for you to have eternal life in heaven with God. And as Pastor Dave is going to point out today, he just asks you to do God's will and walk like him. His word shows you how to live, and he's waiting for you to dig into it and start living a life that looks like him. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 John chapter 2. As he begins his message, walk his way. You are One John chapter two verse six. We covered it a little bit last week. It was at the end of our study, but the Lord put it upon my heart that we should go back and look at it a little bit in the more detail. So that's why I've chosen today to go into this in a little bit more detail. And I've entitled today's message, Walk His Way. Walk His Way. Let's read 1 John chapter 2, verse 6. I'll read aloud if you want to read along silently, please. He who says he abides in himself also to walk just as he walked. So, How many of you have ever heard the idiom, walk this way? Yeah, I'm sure you have. So what, you ever wonder what that means? What does it mean to walk this way? Are we speaking about actual steps, getting from one place to another? Or are we speaking about a lifestyle? And it gets confusing sometimes. What does it mean to walk like someone? And how does it apply to our lives. And usually when we say walk this way, we're actually using a metaphor to describe a lifestyle or a conduct that we want someone to follow. A metaphor, as you know, is a figure of speech, and it describes an object or an action in a way that isn't literally true, but it helps to explain the idea and make a comparison. The basic, a metaphor states the one thing is another thing. And in this case, the metaphor happens to be walk. Music has really taken the metaphor of walk to many levels. Through the years, there have been many songs about walking. 1945, Rodgers and Hammerstein wrote, You'll never walk alone for the musical carousel. 
It was covered in the 1960s by Jerry and the Pacemakers, just so you know. In 1956, Johnny Cash wrote a song to his then wife telling her that he would walk the line. During the 1960s, the Four Seasons told us to walk like a man. Even Elvis. Elvis said, you walk like an angel, but you're a devil in disguise. Dionne Warwick just wanted us to walk on by. And Fats Domino wanted us to join him as he was walking to New Orleans. In the 1980s, excuse me, I forgot one. Nancy Sinatra had boots that were made for walking. In the 1980s, Dire Straits wanted us to do the walk of life. The Bengals told us to walk like an Egyptian. And Katrina and the waves wanted us to be walking on sunshine. And if you've ever heard the words of Run DMC and Aerosmith that told you to walk this way, I can guarantee you know they weren't talking about walking. Not at all. And all the movies that have come out, Walking Tall, A Walk to Remember, Walk in the Clouds, Walk on the Wild Side, and now, of course, AMC, The Walking Dead. It's all confusing. How should I walk? In what way and what matter? When I was a young boy living in Camden, my father worked at a gasket-making shop some four or five blocks away. And he would walk to work. And every day, as long as I can remember, I would sit on the stoop of our house, looking up the street around 4.30 until I saw him. And when I saw him, I would jump up and I would run to meet him. And then when I met him, I would turn around and I would fall exactly in step with him. And I would walk every step that he takes, swing my arms exactly the way he swung his arms. Something that I will never, ever forget. Perfectly in line, perfectly in harmony, in close proximity. I would ask him questions and he would answer me and he would ask me questions and we shared our hearts and I was focused on his every word. Just being with him was pleasurable even if it was just for a few short blocks. For he was my model for life. He was my hero. And I just wanted to be like him at a young age. Still do to this day. But you know, walking with God is like that, isn't it? When we walk like that with the Lord, we draw closer to him with our hearts. We long for his presence We desire to fellowship with him. And as we grow, we become more like him. It's interesting that walk and walking are the Bible's most frequently used metaphors for two related concepts. Depending upon the translation, they are used almost 300 times to indicate an interaction with one another or making progress towards a destination. And somewhat related, but used in a lesser extent, walk or walking indicates a passage of time as a person continues a chosen direction of life and lifestyle. Some of the examples I have is Psalm 1-1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. 
Proverbs 4.14, do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of evil. Daniel in 4.37, and those who walk in pride, he is able to abase. Micah 6.8, what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? And finally, in Psalm 119.45, he says, I will walk at liberty, for I seek your precepts. So as we enter into this most intimate heart relationship with God through faith in his son, Jesus Christ, he becomes our heart's greatest desire. He becomes our chosen path. Knowing him, hearing his voice, sharing our hearts with him, and seeking to please him become our all-consuming focus. He becomes everything to us. And meeting with him is not an activity reserved only for Sunday mornings. We live to fellowship with him. This is why we were created. This is why you were called into his presence. This is why you were called to fellowship with him. We live to walk with him. The great A.W. Tozer states that the goal of every Christian should be, quote, to live in a state of unbroken worship, unquote. This is only possible when we consistently walk with God. Remember Genesis, Adam walked with God in the cool of the day. But what happened when Adam sinned? He hid from God. And when you hear God calling for Adam, 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 where are you? You can almost hear a broken heart. As God was looking for his buddy, he was looking for his friend that he had walked with for we don't know how many years. He was looking for his friend. And he knew that he had sinned and his heart was broken. Adam, Adam, where are you? It wasn't that God didn't know where Adam was. He wanted Adam to say, here I am, and confess his sin. This is the picture that the Apostle John is painting in this epistle. This is what the Apostle John is trying to get us to know. He's speaking about the life that is real. A life that he and the others had experienced and a life that he continues to experience by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is what we are seeing as we watch The Chosen. We're seeing this fellowship time. This walking with Jesus, learning of Jesus, getting close to Jesus, listening to him, following him, watching him. And this is what we're seeing. And now John wants you, he wants me, to experience that. He wants us to experience that very life, a life of complete joy, a life that is real, a life with a purpose. This is what John wants us to do. And notice in verse 6, John uses two words, two words that are very, very similar one to another. He uses the word abiding, and he uses the word walking. This real life that John is speaking of includes abiding and walking. The word abide in Greek is meno. And the meaning of it is to stay in relation to, to dwell with, to continue, to endure, and to be present with. The word used here for walk, peripateo, means to live. 
to follow as comparison, to be occupied with. It's a beautiful picture of a relationship. A beautiful picture of a relationship, a lasting relationship, a consistent relationship. And in this verse that we read, John says that we are to walk as Jesus walked. And here is the metaphor. This walk that John is speaking of here is an outward expression in our conduct of the new life that we now possess in Jesus Christ. Our walk should display our relationship to Jesus Christ. People should know that we're of Jesus Christ, that we are his disciples by the way we walk, which includes loving one another. And that should be displayed in the conduct that we exhibit. This is the evidence that you know him. It's the evidence that you are in him, and this is what will help you to keep his commandments. We said last week, the more you know Christ, the more you want to do what he has to say. The more you want to do the things that he wants you to do. The more you are obedient to him. And it's cyclical. The more you know him, the more you do what he wants to say. The more you want to know him. And the more you know him, the more you want. So it keeps going on. And we keep growing in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, as Peter told us to. So what is this walk that John is talking about? It's a walk of total obedience. John is saying, you ought to walk this way. John is pointing to Jesus and saying, walk this way. No, he's not. He's saying, walk his way. He's not even saying, walk as I walk, although he did say, fellowship with me as I fellowship with Christ, didn't he? But he's really saying, walk as Jesus walked. Walk his way. Interesting. When you look at the scripture, the word used for ought, olifeo, means you're under obligation. In other words, to be indebted. To be indebted because Jesus died on the cross and because he became the propitiation of our sin, because he is our advocate with the Father who makes intercession of us for us, we should walk accordingly. We should walk because of those things. This is what one commentator I studied said, quote, However, we must never forget that Christ is first our Redeemer before he can be our example, unquote. He is the propitiation for our sins first before we, he can be our example. It is through the redemption process that our soul and his are intertwined. It all comes by the cross. It all comes through the cross that our souls are now entwined. We are one because of the cross, because of our acceptance of the sacrifice of the cross. So then Jesus is not only the propitiation or sacrifice for our sins, he is not only the advocate with the Father who represents us before God, but he becomes the pattern by which we should walk. The pattern by which we should follow when we walk this Christian life. He becomes the standard, if you will, by which we live. The standard by which we conduct ourselves. You know, it kind of reminds me of something long ago, not, well, yeah, seems like a long ago, there was a big movement out. What would Jesus do? Well, this is similar to that. How would Jesus walk? Well, I can't walk exactly like Jesus walked. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, I can sure try. I could do my best. I'll never match up to his walk. 
And he knows that. To walk as Jesus walked means we choose to glorify the Father in everything we do. Regardless of the personal cost, and don't make mistake, there will be a cost. Walking with Jesus means we cannot walk with the evil people we used to play around with. Walking with Jesus means we choose the narrow path instead of the broad path. Walking with Jesus means we don't live to please our sinful flesh. We try to eliminate everything in our lives that does not enhance our walk with him. If something is hindering your walk with Jesus, we get rid of it. We try to get rid of it. What do we do? We apply 1 Corinthians 10, 31 literally. Quote, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Whatever it is. See, God's ways are reflected in our thoughts, our actions, our motivations, our life choices because we spend so much time with him. Like me spending time with my dad and I cherish the time I spent with him. I glean from him those things. I glean from him, including his goofy sense of humor. I glean those things from him. This is what we're to do with Jesus. As we walk close to him, we will glean from him how we're to walk. We'll we're glean from him as we get to know him. So I guess the next question is, how do you do this? How do we walk as Jesus walked? Well, how did Jesus walk? How did Jesus walk? John says, he who abides in him ought himself to walk just as he walked. The sign of abiding is to walk in the same way which Christ walked. That doesn't mean do the same things that Jesus did. It means to act from the same principle upon which he acted to reflect the same kind of a relationship to the Father that he had. That's a sign of fellowship. True koinonia, spirit-filled fellowship. True oneness with God and Jesus. Jesus spoke about this and John recorded it in his gospel and we studied it at length when we looked at John 14, verses 10 and 11. In John 14, verses 10 and 11, Jesus is speaking and he says, Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. This is the secret of Jesus' power. This is the secret of how he walked. And this is one of the hardest things for us to learn. How did Jesus walk? In total, unrelenting, unbroken fellowship, complete dependence upon the activity of what the Father was already doing to whom he was one with. There is our example. We need to continue to abide in Christ, to be one with him so that we can walk as he walked. That's what John is saying in this verse. Why does this so hard to learn? Why do we have so much problem following this? Jesus is always with us. I mean, the Son of God lives within us by the Holy Spirit. Isn't that correct? One commentator said this, he has come to produce the effect of his death and the power of his resurrection to live again his life in you. But why do we have so much trouble doing this? 
Why do we have so many problems in trying to get things? Well, for one thing, I think it's our attitude. No, 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 Lord, I got this. I got this. You can relax for a while. Somebody else needs a lot more help than I do. I got this. I'd rather do it myself. Why? Well, that's the way we've been brought up. (laughs) We've been brought up that way. We think in ourselves that we have the idea and the ability to act significantly. And that we're thinking that God wants us to do this on his behalf. We're thinking, this is what God wants me to do. And if I do this, he'll have more favor in me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll like me better. God will like me better if I do this. But if I don't do this, everything's going to fall apart. God can't possibly handle it. And if it succeeds, well, then God should be eternally grateful to me. Look at my faithfulness. But this is our mindset. This is the mindset we have. Instead of just letting him do his thing, this is not what we are called to do. The Christian is called to a quiet, unrelenting dependence upon the indwelling God who will always be at work in us. God is working in you to do his good pleasure. He's working in you, through you. He is working right now, even as we speak. He brought you here for a reason today. So that he can impart some truth in you to get you to get closer to him. That's what the entire relationship is about. It is a true relationship. And in a relationship, you want to get as close as you can to the other person. You want to know them. You want to know what they want. You want to know what they like. You want to know everything about them. And that's what's happening here. Fellowship, abiding, walking. See how they're so closely related. How did Jesus do it? How did he do it? Well, Thursday morning, I used this very, very same text to do the devotional. And it came from Luke 4, verse 1. In Luke 4, verse 1, we see this. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. The key here is being led by the Spirit. The key here is being led by the Spirit. Likewise, we are to be completely submitted to the leading of the Holy Spirit. To walk as Jesus walks means to live a life of obedience and of love, all the while under the influence of the Holy Spirit. We are His branches. He is our vine. Apart from him, I can do some things. No. Scripture's quite clear. Apart from him, I can do nothing. But notice the branch never leaves the vine. It's always there. Getting all its nutrients out of the vine. Getting everything that the vine has and wants to give him. The branch accepts it freely. And then all of a sudden, bam, whoa, where'd that come from? This brute appears. The branch had to do nothing but what? Stay attached to the vine. You are You've been listening to a teaching from the book of 1 John with Pastor Dave Shank on A Sure Hope. Does your heart tend to ride the turbulent waves of the circumstances you find yourself in? Or are you more of that calm, steady sea that's fairly even and consistent? Well, in this book, John wrote to his readers to grow in their zeal and love for God while refuting those who were teaching false things. 
there is a steadiness that's encouraged, despite the waves of emotion and turmoil that you may face. Having that steadfast focus on God and His promise of eternal life is what can help your heart be at peace and be calm. If you missed any part of today's teaching or you'd like to listen to additional messages from Pastor Dave, visit AssureHopeRadio.com. Perhaps as you were listening, you realized that you have some questions about what you heard. We'd be happy to talk with you and provide some resources to answer your questions. Give us a call at 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. In addition to that, you're welcome to email us at info at capewatchradio.com with any questions, concerns, or prayer requests. Would you rather talk to us in person? Then think about joining us this Sunday for a time of God's Word at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. All you need to know is our website, assurehoperadio.com. Thank you again for taking time to learn from the book of 1 John today. We hope you'll join us again next time on Assure Hope. Rescue.